So today I'm going to be reading from the book of Micah and I'm actually going to be reading the entire book of Micah. This is something that I've done multiple times over the past week and it's really just kind of what I felt like this week's focus should be on. So I'm going to be reading mainly from the King James Version with a couple verses in the Amplified Classic Edition. It starts Micah chapter 1 verse 1, the word of the Lord that came to Micah the Morasthite in the days of Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, kings of Judah, which he saw concerning Samaria and Jerusalem. Hear all ye people, hearken, O earth, and all that is therein, and let the Lord God be witness against you, the Lord from his holy temple. For behold, the Lord cometh forth out of his place, and will come down, and tread upon the high places of the earth. And the mountains shall be molten under him, and the valley shall be cleft, as wax before the fire, and as the waters that are poured down a steep place. For the transgression of Jacob is all this, and for the sins of the house of Israel. What is the transgression of Jacob? Is it not Samaria? And what are the high places of Judah? Are they not Jerusalem? Therefore I will make Samaria as an heap of the field and as plantings of a vineyard. I will pour down the stones thereof into the valley and I will discover the foundations thereof. And all the graven images thereof shall be beaten to pieces, and all the hires thereof shall be burned with the fire, and all the idols thereof will I lay desolate. For she gathered it of the hire of an harlot, and they shall return to the hire of an harlot. Therefore I will wail and howl, I will go stripped and naked, I will make a wailing like the dragons and mourning as the owls, for her wound is incurable, for it is come unto Judah, he is come unto the gate of my people, even to Jerusalem, declare ye not at Gath, weep ye not at all, in the house of Aphrath, Roll thyself in the dust. Pass ye away, thou inhabitant of Sephir, having thy shame naked. The inhabitant of Zanan come not forth in the morning of Bethesel. He shall receive of you his standing. For the inhabitant of Maroth waited carefully for good, but evil came down from the Lord unto the gate of Jerusalem. O thou inhabitant of Lachish, bind the chariot to the swift beast. She is the beginning of the sin to the daughter of Zion, for the transgressions of Israel were found in thee. Therefore thou shalt give presents to Marishith Gath. The houses of Achzib shall be a lie to the kingdoms of Israel. Yet will I bring an heir unto thee, O inhabitant of Marishah. He shall come unto Adullam, the glory of Israel. Make thee bald, and pull thee for thy delicate children. Enlarge thy baldness as the eagle, for they are gone into captivity from thee. So the Lord revealed unto Micah the wickedness and iniquity found amongst his people in Samaria and Jerusalem. And in these chapters, the Lord confronts them about their sin and demands justice. Chapter 2 starts, Woe to them that devise iniquity and work evil upon their beds. When the morning is light, they practice it because it is in the power of their hand. And they covet fields and take them by violence, and houses and take them away. So they oppress a man and his house, even a man and his heritage. Therefore, thus saith the Lord, Behold, against this family do I devise an evil, from which ye shall not remove your necks. Neither shall ye go haughtily, for this time is evil. 
In that day shall one take up a parable against you and lament with a doleful lamentation and say, We be utterly spoiled. He hath changed the portion of my people. How hath he removed it from me? Turning away he hath divided our fields. Therefore thou shalt have none that shall cast a cord by lot into the congregation of the Lord. Prophesy ye not, say they to them that prophesy. They shall not prophesy to them that they shall not take shame. O thou that art named the house of Jacob, is the spirit of the Lord straightened? Are these his doings? Do not my words do good to him that walketh uprightly? In the Amplified, that's verse 7, it says, O house of Jacob, shall it be said, Is the spirit of the Lord restricted, impatient, and shortened? Or are these prophesied plagues his doing? Do not my words do good to him who walks uprightly. And then back to verse 8 in the King James Version. Even of late my people is risen up as an enemy. Ye pull off the robe with the garment from them that pass by securely as men averse from war. The women of my people have ye cast out from their pleasant houses. From their children have ye taken away my glory forever. Arise ye and depart, for this is not your rest. Because it is polluted, it shall destroy you, even with a sore destruction." If a man walking in the spirit and falsehood do lie, saying, I will prophesy unto thee of wine and of strong drink, he shall even be the prophet of this people. I will surely assemble, O Jacob, all of thee. I will surely gather the remnant of Israel. I will put them together as the sheep of Basra, as the flock in the midst of their fold. They shall make great noise by reason of the multitude of men. The breaker is come up before them. They have broken up and have passed through the gate and are gone out by it and their king shall pass before them and the lord on the head of them micah chapter 3 starts and i said here i pray you o heads of jacob and ye princes of the house of israel is it not for you to know judgment who hate the good and love the evil, who pluck off their skin from off them and their flesh from off their bones, who also eat the flesh of my people and flay their skin from off them, and they break their bones and chop them in pieces, as for the pot and as flesh within the cauldron. Then shall they cry unto the Lord, but he will not hear them. He will even hide his face from them at that time, as they have behaved themselves ill in their doings. Thus saith the Lord concerning the prophets that make my people err, that bite with their teeth and cry peace, and he that putteth not into their mouths, they even prepare war against him. Therefore night shall be unto you, and ye shall not have a vision, and it shall be dark unto you, that ye shall not divine. And the sun shall go down over the prophets, and the day shall be dark over them. Then shall the seers be ashamed, and the diviners confounded. Yea, they shall all cover their lips for there is no answer of God but truly I am full of power by the spirit of the Lord and of judgment and of might to declare unto Jacob his transgression and to Israel his sin hear this I pray you ye heads of the house of Jacob and princes of the house of Israel that abhor judgment and pervert all iniquity they build up Zion with blood and Jerusalem with iniquity the heads thereof judge for reward and the priests thereof 
teach for hire, and the profits thereof divine for money, yet will they lean upon the Lord and say, Is not the Lord among us? None evil can come upon us. Therefore shall Zion for your sake be plowed as a field, and Jerusalem shall become heaps, and the mountain of the house as the high places of the forest. The season that we find ourselves in right now is for a purpose, for a purpose in God's will and God's kingdom. I personally have found myself at the mercy of God and realizing that before this virus and before this quarantine, I was not where I needed to be. There was iniquity that I was harboring and flesh that I had not died out to. I, like the people in Samaria and Jerusalem, were cheating the Lord out of what I was supposed to be giving him. And as chapter 1 said, as he did for the people of God during the time of the prophet of Micah, I believe he is doing right now for us. He is revealing and testing our foundation. He's inspecting the cracks and the parts that are not up to code and bringing them to our attention. And we are at a point of decision where we must choose if we are going to rely on our shoddy worksmanship or correct and rebuild upon the foundation of the Lord. Beginning again with chapter 4, it says, But in the last days it shall come to pass that the mountain of the house of the Lord shall be established in the top of the mountains, and it shall be exalted above the hills, and people shall flow unto it. And many nations shall come and say, Come, and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, and to the house of the God of Jacob. And he will teach us of his ways, and we will walk in his paths. For the law shall go forth of Zion, and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. And he shall judge among many people and rebuke strong nations afar off. And they shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation shall not lift up a sword against nation, neither shall they war any more. But they shall sit every man under his vine and under his fig tree, and none shall make them afraid. For the mouth of the Lord of hosts has spoken it. For all people will walk every one in the name of his God, and we will walk in the name of the Lord our God forever and ever. In that day, saith the Lord, will I assemble her that halteth, and I will gather her that is driven out, and her that I have afflicted. And I will make her that halted a remnant, and her that was cast far off a strong nation. And the Lord shall reign over them in Mount Zion from henceforth even forever. And thou, O tower of the flock, the stronghold of the daughter of Zion, unto thee shall it come, even the first dominion. The kingdom shall come to the daughter of Jerusalem." Now why dost thou cry out loud? Is there no king in thee? Is thy counselor perished? For pangs have taken thee as a woman in travail. Be in pain, and labor to bring forth, O daughter of Zion, like a woman in travail. For now shalt thou go forth out of the city, and thou shalt dwell in the field, and thou shalt even go to Babylon. There shalt thou be delivered. There the Lord shall redeem thee from the hand of thine enemies." When this is all over and life resumes, where do you think God's going to send his people? Where will we be asked to go? Is it back to the routine and normal of what life was before? Or shall we dwell in the field and do the work of a harvester? 
Picking up at verse 11, Now also many nations are gathered against thee that say, Let her be defiled, and let our eye look upon Zion. But they know not the thoughts of the Lord, neither understand they his counsel. For he shall gather them as the sheaves into the floor. Arise and thresh, O daughter of Zion, for I will make thine horn iron, and I will make thy hooves brass. And thou shalt beat in pieces many people, and I will consecrate their gain unto the Lord, and their substance unto the Lord of the whole earth. Chapter 5. Now gather thyself in troops, O daughter of troops. He hath laid siege against us. They shall smite the judge of Israel with a rod upon the cheek. But thou, Bethlehem, Ephrata, though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall he come forth unto me that is to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth have been from of old from everlasting. Therefore will he give them up until the time that she which travaileth hath brought forth. Then the remnant of his brethren shall return unto the children of Israel. I'm going to read that again in the Amplified Classic Edition. But you, Bethlehem Ephrata, you are little to be among the clans of Judah. Yet out of you shall one come forth for me who is to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth have been from of old, from ancient days, eternity. Therefore shall he give them up until the time that she who travails has brought forth. Then what is left of his brethren shall return to the children of Israel. There's a window of opportunity that we have during this time to fully get ourselves on board and to prove to God that we will be his remnant. When the changes that God is trying to bring forth in his people during this time have fully been birthed within us, then what is left of his people shall return unto him and move forward in his will. Beginning again at verse 4, it says, And he shall stand and feed in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God, and they shall abide, for now shall he be great unto the ends of the earth. And this man shall be the peace when the Assyrian shall come into our land, and when he shall tread in our palaces, then shall we raise against him seven shepherds and eight principal men. And they shall waste the land of Assyria with the sword, and the land of Nimrod in the entrances thereof. Thus shall he deliver us from the Assyrian, when he cometh into our land, and when he treadeth within our borders. And the remnant of Jacob shall be in the midst of many people, as a dew from the Lord, as the showers upon the grass, that tarrieth not for man, nor waiteth for the sons of men." God is saying the remnant of his people, the people that are truly willing to devote and submit every part of themselves to his will, shall be sent forth in the midst of many peoples. He compares us to dew from the Lord or rain that no man or being has control over except for God. Verse 8 says, And the remnant of Jacob shall be among the Gentiles in the midst of many people as a lion among the beasts of the forest, as a young lion among the flocks of sheep, who if he go through, both treadeth down and teareth in pieces, and none can deliver. Thine hand shall be lifted up upon thine adversaries, and all thine enemies shall be cut off. And it shall come to pass in that day, saith the Lord, that I will cut off thy horses out of the midst of thee, and I will destroy thy chariots, and I will cut off the cities of thy land, and throw down all thy strongholds, and I will cut off witchcrafts out of thine hand, and thou shalt have no more soothsayers. Thy graven images also will I cut off, and thy standing images out of the midst of thee, and thou 
thou shalt no more worship the work of thine hands. And I will pluck up thy grooves out of the midst of thee, so will I destroy thy cities. And I will execute vengeance and anger and fury upon the heathen, such as they have not heard. If we believe the word of God and we believe that the Lord is the same yesterday, today, and forever, then the very same God who executed vengeance and anger and fury upon his people in the days of Micah will still execute vengeance and anger and fury upon his people in 2020 if we are not willing to repent and get back on track. In the final two chapters of the book of Micah, we see just how much God loves his people. Beginning at verse 1, chapter 6, it says, Hear ye now what the Lord saith. Arise, contend thou before the mountains, and let the hills hear thy voice. Hear ye, O mountains, the Lord's controversy, and ye strong foundations of the earth. For the Lord hath a controversy with his people, and he will plead with Israel. What a powerful illustration that the prophet of the Lord called the mountains and the foundation of the earth to be the jury and the witness to the injustice that God's people brought against him. He says in verse 3, O my people, what have I done unto thee? And wherein have I wearied thee? Testify against me. For I brought thee up out of the land of Egypt, and redeemed thee out of the house of servants. And I sent before thee Moses, Aaron, and Miriam. I read those verses as that of a heartbroken and desperate groom trying to reconcile with his bride. Over the past week, I've had a revelation of God's love more strongly from these two verses than perhaps any other passage of scripture that I've read to date. He is asking his bride, he is asking us, what have I done to you? And in what have I wearied you? He's saying, have I not shown you already how much I love you and how much good I have planned for you? Did I not bring you up out of the land of Egypt and redeem you out of the house where you were servants and slaves? Have I not given you prophets and men and women of God to lead and guide you to a closeness and a greater depth with me? In verse 5, he says, Oh, my people, remember now what Balak, king of Moab, consulted, and what Balaam, the son of Baor, answered him from Shittim unto Gilgal, that ye may know the righteousness of the Lord. He says, Do you not remember what your enemies had planned for you and what I saved you from? And with so much loving kindness extended to them, the bride, his people, answer like this. Starting with verse 6. Wherewith shall I come before the Lord, and bow myself before the high God? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves of a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, or with ten thousands of rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? What a horrible display of the so-called people of God's lack of respect and love for their groom and lord and king. They're essentially saying, yes, but you ask too much of me. At this point, you'd ask me to give my firstborn son for the remission of my sins. And are we responding in a similar way right now? Are we saying, yes, you've spared me from this disease. Yes, you've done great things for me in the past. But you've taken away everything that I use as an excuse not to be close with you. And what, you don't want me to be relaxed? 
You want me to spend less time watching movies and TV shows. Will you be pleased if I only spend an hour on Facebook instead of five? I hope that you'll believe me when I say the Lord is speaking to me now, if anyone. And to God's people's response, Micah responds in verse 8, He hath showed thee, O man, what is good, and what doth the Lord require of thee, but to do justly, and to love mercy, and to walk humbly with thy God. The Lord's voice crieth unto the city, and the man of wisdom shall see thy name. Hear ye the rod, and who hath appointed it. That's verse 9, and in the Amplified Classic Edition it says, The voice of the Lord calls to the city, Jerusalem, and it is sound wisdom to hear and fear your name. Hear and heed the rod and him who has appointed it. Are there yet the treasures of wickedness in the house of the wicked in the scant measure that is abominable? Shall I count them pure with the wicked balances and with the bag of deceitful weights? Micah saying, Am I to be pure and a conduit for the Lord, and yet bring judgment based upon wicked scales, and with a bag of deceitful weights? Sure, when we compare ourselves to the lost in the dying world, we're doing a lot more than they are. We, the people of God, baptized and born again, bought with the blood, have been given the power and authority to pray, and yet we're leaving the lost and the fearful to take our place. I am humbly willing to admit that in the past two weeks I have not been prayerful as I ought to be. I had thought to myself, oh, I know that God's in control and that his will is going to be done, that his protecting hand is over me, and I'll just wait this out and pray when he tells me to and for what he tells me to, having ignorantly removed myself from the flow where I could pray. And by the grace and mercy and conviction of God has he showed me how wrong and selfish I had been in comparing myself and judging myself as being in better shape and being righteous in comparison to the lost. Beginning again at verse 12, it says, For the rich men thereof are full of violence, and the inhabitants thereof have spoken lies, and their tongue is deceitful in their mouth. Therefore also will I make thee sick in smiting thee, and making thee desolate because of thy sins. Thou shalt eat, but not be satisfied, and thy casting down shall be in the midst of thee. And thou shalt take hold, but shall not deliver. And that which thou deliverest will I give up to the sword. Thou shalt sow, but thou shalt not reap. Thou shalt tread the olives, but thou shalt not anoint thee with oil. And sweet wine, but shalt not drink wine. For the statutes of Omri are kept, and all the works of the house of Ahab. And ye walk in their counsels, that I should make thee a desolation, and the inhabitants thereof an hissing. Therefore ye shall bear the reproach of my people." And finally, chapter 7 says, Woe is me, for I am as when they have gathered the summer fruits. As the grape gleanings of the vintage, there is no cluster to eat. My soul desired the first ripe fruit. The good man is perished out of the earth, and there is none upright among men. They all lie in wait for blood. They hunt every man his brother with a net that they may do evil with both hands earnestly. The prince asketh, and the judge asketh for a reward. And the great man, he uttereth his mischievous desire, so they wrap it up. The best of them is as a briar. The most upright is sharper than a thorn hedge. The day of thy watchman and thy visitation cometh. Now shall be their perplexity.
Trust ye not in a friend, put ye not confidence in a guide. Keep the doors of thy mouth from her that lieth in thy bosom. For the son dishonoreth the father, the daughter riseth up against her mother, the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. A man's enemies are the men of his own house. Therefore I will look unto the Lord. I will wait for the God of my salvation. My God will hear me. Rejoice not against me, O mine enemy, for when I fall, I shall arise. When I sit in darkness, the Lord shall be a light unto me. I will bear the indignation of the Lord because I have sinned against him until he plead my cause and execute judgment for me. He will bring me forth to the light and I shall behold his righteousness. Then she that is mine enemy shall see it and shame shall cover her which said unto me, where is the Lord thy God? Mine eyes shall behold her. Now shall she be trodden down as the mire of the streets. In the day that thy walls are to be built, in that day shall the decree be far removed. In that day also he shall come even to thee from Assyria, and from the fortified cities, and from the fortress even to the river, and from sea to sea, and from mountain to mountain. Notwithstanding the land shall be desolate because of them that dwell therein, for the fruit of their doings. Feed thy people with thy rod, the flock of thine heritage, which dwell solitarily in the wood, in the midst of Carmel. Let them feed in Bashan and Gilead as in the days of old. According to the days of thy coming out of the land of Egypt will I show unto him marvelous things. The nations shall see and be confounded at all their might. They shall lay their hand upon their mouth, and their ears shall be deaf. They shall lick the dust like a serpent. They shall move out of their holes like worms of the earth. They shall be afraid of the Lord our God, and shall fear because of thee. And in these last three verses, Micah illustrates what we learned about last week. That conviction and correction and the fear of the Lord bring about change, as well as gratitude and thanks for God's loving kindness and long-suffering. Starting at verse 18 in the Amplified Classic Edition, it says, Who is a God like you who forgives iniquity and passes over the transgression of the remnant of his heritage? He retains not his anger forever, because he delights in mercy and loving kindness. He will again have compassion on us. He will subdue and tread underfoot our iniquities. You will cast all our sins into the depths of the sea. You will show your faithfulness and perform the sure promise to Jacob and loving kindness and mercy to Abraham as you have sworn to our fathers from the days of old. The example and truth found in Micah, I believe, has unparalleled comparisons to what we are going through today. God has and is trying to tear down the fleshly house that we have built upon our foundation and bring us to a place of examination and repentance. He is inspecting our foundation and coming back to us with a report of the things that we need to bring back up to code so that we might have a firm and true foundation with which he is going to build his house of prayer. During this time, he is separating those who learn and know and truly accept their apostolic identity from those who project the mere image of being an apostolic. And when it is all done and over with, he will take the remnant of his people, those of us who change what he tells us needs to be fixed, and are going to remain changed moving forward. And he is going to lead us into the field of harvest. All of this because he loves us. 
just as he loved his people that he spoke to through Micah. He has brought us so far and done so much for us, and he is wanting to lead us to even greater, unparalleled, miraculous events. But he cannot shepherd a sheep that does not want to be part of the flock. Just as we decide when we're extended the call, we must decide each and every day, Lord, not my will, but thine be done. We have to prove that we love him more than anything else, and that that love that we have for him, that fire we have for him, is all we need to say yes after we hear, thus saith the Lord. And he has given us this window of opportunity to decide if after all this tearing down, as he did in the book of Micah, and the judgment and the justice being brought forth, if we will give up and choose the easy and fleshly way, or if we will use all the bits and pieces that are being exposed exposed and torn down during this time, and instead of letting them lie in waste, pick them up and put them on our fire and allow it to grow and roar brighter than it ever has before. This word and this book, if anything, has certainly been for me, but I hope and pray that some part of it or all of it has also been for you. I want my fire for God to be so strong, and I want my personal house of prayer to be built on such a firm foundation, and I want to know and understand and love who God is so truly with all of my being that anything that he asked me to do, I am willing. I encourage you after you listen to this at some point within the next couple days to read Micah for yourself and allow the Lord to show you those parts of your foundation that may be dangerous or detrimental to you in the future. And with our worldly house brought to the ground, let us with the Lord's help build up a house of prayer within each of us that might stand the test of time and trial as we move forward in the Lord's kingdom. I love you all, you're in my prayers, and I leave you with this in Jesus' name.